welcome to this week's Bet Fair Children broadcast, episode five this week, where we will be discussing the mayor's races. So the mayor's novices hurdle, the mayor's hurdle, and the Mrs. Paddy Power mayor's chase. And I will be doing so in the company of Daryl Carter and Dan Barber. Now, Bet Fair ambassador Bryony Frost won't be joining us for the main body of the podcast this week as she was riding at Lingfield today. However, Bet Fair's Alan Conway caught up with Bryony earlier to ask her about her thoughts on the mayor's races. So, Brownie, um, four weeks to Cheltenham. How excited are you now from a jockey's perspective? Does the um, does the pressure get ramped up or the excitement levels get ramped up? Yeah, the, you know, four weeks. But in a jockey's life, four weeks is is actually still uh, a very a very long stretch away. We have got a lot of rides in between. Um, you, you do start to to have a little look and, and maybe become a little bit pickier um, if you're able to, um, just not on your rides. Um, you just stick to, to the teams that you ride for instead of maybe picking up outside ones if you haven't got big rides coming on. Um, some some do that. Um, but, yeah, no, four weeks is, you know, you actually turn a bit of a blind eye to it. You, you, you're seeing it with the horses that are going to go to Cheltenham, their working regime, uh, there's a sort of, a bubble um, of atmosphere starting to create in the yards um, and starting, the eyes are starting to turn to March, but um, you generally just try and keep yourself pretty flat lined still and just day-to-day work in life and um, try not to get too too much involved in the hype, as it were. And you had a, a winner at the weekend as well. It's obviously get good, good to get kind of a winner, isn't it? Building a bit of momentum going, going towards, towards Shelton. Yeah, it's always good to get winners. Whatever time of year, wherever it's turning up, winners are always welcome. Yeah, always open the door to a winner. Um, yeah, but it was great. I mean, he was in a blissful bubble all by himself, really, in that race. And, and uh, you know, where where he turned up, I'm not sure. But uh, we had a great uh, run together at Market Raisin over fences back, I think it was in October, and that was the only time I'd been with him. So um, I actually really enjoy riding him. But I, I call him typically French because he's he's very much you leave him to his own devices, don't get too involved. Um, picking up the bit with him keeps him quite relaxed. And all the time he's relaxed, he's breathing and he finds a rhythm. And that's everything he did. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a lovely isolation coming up. Uh, a very wet and windy toxicer on Saturday, yeah. <laughs> And good, and good for Paul to get a winner as well. I suppose with Brave Man's game as well, isn't you know, there's been a bit of, bit of news going around that the, the same as being out of form. Paul's been turning the place around, trying to trying to find a reason. But um, and, and a good performance from from Brave Man's game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, um, brilliant. Giving away the weight, he's done what he's needed to do. He's got his his race one. He's very professional. He's as straight as a gun barrel when he's at his fences, um, you know, and, he, and he's doing everything that's asked of him, um, you know, but with. We're working with Bitcoin athletes, you know, they're not, it's not as easy as changing a filter or, you know, a, a screw on a wheel here. Like they're, they're, they're living, they're breathing and they're, you know, they're an extremely complicated um, animal and, and, you know, to keep them 110% all the time, you know, that's what we're trying to do. But uh, just because they, they, they can come out and in out on form and that's, that's what makes it the challenge of the sport that it is. So, um, but with the two winners there on Saturday, we're rolling forward. Um, you know, and they're, they're the, you know, they're, they're the team that they are, and uh, you yeah, know, we're, we're rocking on. And I know you're 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 travelling to to Lingfield as well. I hear pretty pretty miserable as you're as you're in the car at the moment. Um, I know we're t- on this week's podcast. We're talking about the the mayor's hurdles now, and from from a jockey's perspective. 
as as a lay person myself, is there much of a difference between mares and geldens riding them, or do they all come come as one, or is there any kind of standout differences? Again, like you know, I speak the their characters, mm. you know, um, whether they be a mare or a gelding, it really doesn't matter. Philly or, or you know, the colts definitely have more opinion um, on the flat, but you know. We talk of them as, as characters, um, their structure, when I say their frame, you know, how they're built in their muscles, their strength that they hold, different stride patterns, different opinions of ways of racing. You know, that doesn't fall down to, I don't think their agenda. I think that falls down to very much their own personality, how they like their races, um, you know, how they, they want to race for you. Um, you know, and, and some mares, you know, you could argue a good mare is, is tougher than any girl going out there. When she gets it about her, the determination comes in. So, um, yeah, no, to ride them, you ride more off their, their, the feel that they give you and their personality than, say, their agenda. And would you have a, a preference yourself? Like if, if you saw a mare's race or a girl's race, would, do you have a preference for, for riding or is it just, do they just come one and the same to a, to a jockey? Yeah, no. I, to be fair, no. It's uh, again like yeah, I, I ride them to, to who they are. Um, I ride a mare for for Lucy Watson called Miss Heritage, um, who who I wasn't with her, but she won a grade uh, two there at uh, Doncaster on her last run. But I rode her at uh, at Sandown one of her runs, and we we ran the inside in a rail all the way, and we got a we got a burst up before two out, and she stuck her elbows out, and Lena is back five strides away from two out, when you think her mind should be on the jumping part, she's there having a go at a neighbor because he's too tight to her, you know, she's so feisty, um, and I laughed, I was like, God, you just, you know, you, she's only little too, but she's got it all about her, um, you know, so if they channel it. Yeah, they channel that sort of that sort of boot to them, and uh, they, yeah, you have gotta love them like that. But um, no, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really have a have a preference to to them. I think if they if they give all all to me and I'm giving all to them, then then you uh, you're right there as as a good partner. Yeah. And a lot, a lot to be made, I suppose, in the, in the last couple of years of of the mayor's allowance in kind of championship races as well. We've seen the likes of like Savannah Perro win win the champion hurdle as well. From from your own perspective, do you think the the mayor's allowance is, is a good thing, or would you like to see if it not if not reduced or or got rid of? Is it something that the the kind of sport should be looking at? Do kind of the top class mayors need a weight allowance, especially in the in in the championship races at Cheltenham? Um, I think generally talking of the calendar and day-to-day races, I think it's a very good thing to, for the mayors to have. Um, and, and talking future lines too, you know, as as breathing comes, you know, you don't mind a Philly Fall anymore because she's got a fantastic racing calendar. There's a, a ton of races for her, just mares. And also, like we say, we've got the allowances. So it's encouraging uh, for for the buying market too, to, to invest in, in the mares. And also she has... You know, she has the potential to go on and breathe falls there on after. So her career is actually, you know, spanned over over a great period of time now. So um, in the top races, I mean, you know, the, the likes of Honeysuckle and Annie Power, they're they're the exceptional. You know, they're they're the elite. Um, you know, and they 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 don't they don't need their allowance because they they can take on the geldings equally and if so on the same level perfectly, but. You know, I I wouldn't really I wouldn't I I actually think it's a good thing I I wouldn't get rid of it at all because um, 
because if we're talking of the, the all the calendars and races as we go across the season, I think it's a very good thing to have and it's an encouraging thing for for the mayors. Yeah. And I suppose with, with the allowance, it does encourage connections, doesn't it, to um to kind of aim at the at at the champion hurl as well, as you said, like. A, if if the mayor if the mayor's allowance wasn't there for honeysuckle, perhaps she would have stuck with the mayors as well. So that there is that kind of you know clashes yeah. and bringing bringing the best horses together. Hundred percent, and that's and that's what you need. You you want you want to as 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 jockeys, trainers, owners, and as spectators, everybody wants to see the best of the best taking on the best of the best. Like that is that's what we're here to do. We're here to race, and uh, you know, and we want to see the superstars become superstars and, and, and then we'll, we'll congregate in a race yeah ah, that's perfect well Brian we, we'll, have, we'll have to let you go I know you're, you're busy going up to, to Lingfield so um, yeah, th- thanks for, for, for taking the time and we, we look forward to, to chatting to you next week on the, on the Cheltenham ah, yeah. we, we have the yeah. handicaps as well so we'll be able to get the, the, the notebooks well. out and hopefully <laughs> pluck, pluck, pluck a diamond or two from, from the rough yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go and get. I think I got to put on wellies today instead of racing boots for Lingfield. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, cheers. Many thanks, Brian. Thank you. Thanks. Bye, bye. Great to hear from Bryony there, and yet more fascinating insight for us. But before we delve into the races themselves with Daryl and Dan, I have to introduce the lads then themselves. Dan, good to see you again. You refreshed from your spa day? Yeah, that was good. Um, the the normal spa I'm used to is the one where you go and buy six cans of tenant super or something <laughs> on a Friday. This was slightly more refined. No, it was, it was a nice day and I'm feeling refreshed even though my phone's just packed in. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, exactly. A perfect start then to a podcast. But you're looking refreshed, which is the main part. So we're expecting plenty of good insight from yourself then, Dan, through today. And Daryl, of course, great to have you back as well. Have to ask you, mares races, love them, I hate them. I really hope for, for the sake of this show, it's the former. <laughs> yeah, they're all right. They're not for everyone, are they? But uh, I think there's a bit of value to be had in, the, in a couple of these that we're talking about tonight. So I almost thought I joined the wrong call when I heard Dan talking about his spa day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's doing well. He's clearly doing better than us in life, Daryl. Sold out massively, to... really. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. If he's able to swan off then for, a, for, what did you have, the Hot Rocks treatment or the um, special Zen? Be honest. <laughs> I, no, they were, I didn't pay for it. We didn't pay for any treatments. I'm too tight for that. But it was... Um, <laughs> It was plunge pools and saunas and steam rooms and I don't know, a, a rare occasion where you actually feel like you're a bit chilled out when you've got kids, mm. which is which is unusual. All the toxins then out of you prior to the festival. But it's, what Dan's not telling you is that he's completely counteracting his spa day today because he's going out gigging tonight. So he's completely having a polar opposite day today, but he's filling it nicely in between with looking ahead then to the mayor's races. Now, Dan has fired the question for us, though, more importantly, which is, and of course, it's related to the mayor's uh, race itself. The question is, Mullins has won the mayor's hurdle nine times since it started, but who won the first running? So I will leave that question then with you until the end of the show. So another good question there from Dan. But we had better get started then with our races themselves. So we will begin with the Mayor's Novices Hurdle. And the market reads as follows. Allegory Devassi at 7-2, Brandy Love at 9-2, Dino Blue at 11-2. And for those of you keeping count, yes, that is the first three in the betting for Team Willie Mullins. Then it's LA Bell at 7-1, Party Central at 8-1, Statuera at 8 to 1, Glens of Antrim 12s, Ronji also at 12s, Impervious at 12s, and it's 14 to 1 bar. So, Daryl, would you like to kick us off with these Mayor's Novice Hurdlers, please? 
Yeah, a cracking race, this, really. Mullins obviously has the stronghold on this division in its entirety, doesn't he? Won five of the last six. Uh, Allegory Devassi, lovely horse, very straightforward. Beat Brandy Love at Fairy House last time. Wasn't entirely convinced that this horse had loads in hand at the finish. Um, I almost put her up on the on the Betfair Cheltenham Focus column a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I'm glad I held fire because uh, I do like her, but I definitely think she's going to be a chaser rather than a hurdler. Um, and I just wonder if she's going to just lack a bit of speed at a crucial time in this contest. Um, Brandy Love, of course, jumped violently out to the left, as we know, lost considerable ground, nearly every blooming obstacle on the <laughs> on the course. Uh, but uh, it just shows what an engine she's got to be able to get back up within three and a half lengths of Allegory Devassi there. It, I, I thought there was something wrong with her that day. I don't know about you guys, but I thought, is she not right? Is, is she upset? Um, I don't know what's going on, but because uh, she didn't, she didn't show any signs of jumping out to the left at Nace previous, despite that being on the left hand track. I recommend I went not typing actually... typing the name into Google to try and get an explanation. Definitely <laughs> <wrong with> it. <laughs> it's, it's already pre-written on mine. <laughs> so, uh, if you watch her run at Fairy House, um, time of December, her bumper run, she was actually hanging over to the to the left that day as well. Mm. Patrick Mullins was just trying to keep her on a tight rein and she was just hanging all over the place. So I don't know whether it's fairy house. I don't know if it's right-handed. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but she just doesn't like that place. I think mm. going to Cheltenham, she, it'll be fine. I, I wouldn't worry too much. I know it was very drastically left, but the amount of space she's got going right-handed, especially at fairy house with that, with, with the, the width for the hurdle there, you know, she, She's not going to have that at Cheltenham. She's going to be running on the inside of the track. She's probably going to make the run in. I think the only time you're going to have to worry about her is coming down to the last when she could go violently left if uh, if Paul Townend brings her right over to the right-hand side. So I think all the way around Cheltenham, um, I, I, I think she'll be fine running against the wing of the hurdle. So I, that wouldn't concern me, but I think she's got a massive engine mm-hmm. and uh, I think she's very, very talented. I mean, this... This horse was was spoken about and quite held in quite high regard by both Patrick and Willie Mullins. Um, I think she's a lovely horse. I, I don't know what you think. Did you make what did you make of that jumping out to the left, Dan? Was you worried? Uh, yeah, it, it may just have been a one-off, but obviously, when you what price she seventy-two fours, you yeah. you were you're obviously a bit more concerned about. It. Yeah, the Mullins factor is absolutely massive, isn't it? She's got such strength in depth, um, and the horse who when Brandy Love got beaten in that bumper at odds on. The horse we beat to was Grangy, who hasn't done a great deal wrong herself. I'm, I'm trying to tap into that bumper from last season because a couple of mares had a crack at it, the champion bumper. And LA Bell actually did better than did better than Grangy. And I know it's been a bit of a stuttering start over hurdles for LA Bell, but I do still think she retains a, a good engine and she mm-hmm. retains a turn of pace if we if we judge her through that that run in the Sydney Banks where she swept up the near side rail with a bit of acceleration late on to nick that prize. I don't envisage going back in trip is too big a deal for her. So I thought she might be a runner. And another British horse I'd mention, even though they're likely to be playing for places, given the, the history of this race, um, is Love Envoy, who I do. Likewise, I think she's got a, a lot of ability. That goes without saying she's four from four. But I was particularly impressed with the one day at Warwick. The form was nothing flash at all, but she was right round the outside. She was free. And then she made a big move to the front. And one of those where you think, oh, hang on, she's done plenty there. Will mm-hmm. she go through with it? And she just completely powered away. And then she's taken that deeper race 
subsequently in a stride as well. So I do think there's a there's a fair bit to recommend her. It was obviously it was that Linkfield day where it was low, really competitive, big prize money. And Nurse Susan was a skeleton horse who's also entered and went into that race unbeaten. Love Envoy at levels, kicked out the way I thought it with in pretty decisive fashion. Three of them were clear. With the time wasn't too shabby. I think those two are the pick of the Brits, but it doesn't need Poirot or Inspector Morse or <laughs> Montalbano, does it, to work out that Daryl's probably heading in the right direction by looking towards Mullins because Daryl mentioned there's only one renewal that he hasn't won. Mm. And that was Henry de Bromhead's one-two last season with, with Tell Me Something Girl, who we'll discuss in line with the other mayor's race. Yeah, of course, as you say, we're going to. But Vlad's making a really solid point there about Willie Mon- Mullins's record in this race, winning five of the six renewals and that unbeaten streak just being foiled then by Henry de Bromhead last season. But it does make sense why the first three in the betting are there for Mullins' horses. But, Daryl, I thought that Dan mentioned something very interesting there with L.A. Bell and basically with the bump of the champion bump form then of last season. We know that L.A. Bell, clearly she's a highly experienced mare as opposed to a horse such as Dino Blue, who we have no idea about. At this stage, are you really sort of looking for these more experienced, battle-hardened mares that are maybe progressing a bit steadier? Or would you rather say the sort of unexposed, flashy, could-be-anything type? Yeah, unexposed, flashy, could-be-anything is a bit of me. Uh, (laughs) In terms of LA Bell, I think... uh, I'm not entirely sure, but there was murmurs of her missing this and being saved for Aintree. I actually think yeah. Aintree would probably suit her a lot better. Um, as you can see why, with the Mullins' dominance in this market. And, uh, you know, go, meeting one, of, one or two of these at Aintree, she's going to be the fresher horse. She's probably going to have a, a better chance. Uh, I think they did that with Roxana one year. Um mm. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did that with L.A. Bell. She, she's a lovely horse. I love the way she battled at the finish at Huntington in the in the Sydney Banks last time. I thought that was quite taken. Again, though, I've, I've still not got her running up to, to more than 135. I think you're going to be looking at a 140-plus performance to win this race. Mm. And, and that's the reason you go to the unexposed, flashy types, the, the Dino Blues, the Brandy Loves, the Nutters. Um, that could be anything. So, mm. yeah, I, I, look, I'm happy with Brandy Love. I put her on the column at around sixes, six to one, I think, because I thought the market overreacted to the performance when she was beaten by Allegory Devassi. I'm happy where I sit there. I'm going to have me uh, have me head in my hands, no doubt, watching her, but 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 that's the where I'm at with it in a minute. Yeah, that, but as you say, going to Cheltenham, surely left-handed if we're scared about that logging is going to be less significant, you would have hoped, at least going to Cheltenham anyway. And as you say, the market is definitely compensated for her jumping out to her left then previously, but she clearly possesses a huge engine. And then, Dan, just to throw it back to you, I mean, there's much debate sort of over the Royal Bond form. I was probably one where I wanted to look on the positive side of it because I love my mate Mozzie, who has readily been kicked out the way. Um, but with Statuaire winning that race, and of course we have Impervious in there as well, how do you rate that Royal Bond form? And is that something you think is worth looking at in terms of the Mez novices? I suppose a couple of ways to view that. Um, it's I can't remember many Mares running that race, let alone mm. winning it. Apple's Jade didn't, did she? Because she was a juvenile. So, um, mm. well, the, the other way I was going to say with, to, to look at it is the fact that it puts a very positive spin, perhaps, on Sugerhard's performance the other week at Dublin Racing Festival because he had statuary and my mate Mozzie. I've got to say, I don't think my mate Mozzie got 
the ride that he should have got there. I mean, they, mm. they, they rode him in bizarrely contrasting fashion. Probably made no difference. He'd have been beaten anyway, but there was definitely was feeling... He was definitely feeling there that they were riding him with an eye on another day, weren't they, rather than yeah, trying to take on Sergei Hard at, at face value. Mm. Um, and I do think it was a below-par Royal Bond. It was only seven pounds quicker than Field O in winning the Juvenile. And there was only half an hour between the race on good ground. I don't think the, the conditions had got much worse. So, I mean, I, it's pretty obvious from my tone. I, I certainly won't be betting in the race at the moment. I mean, you're having to piece together Mullins' plans. That's a task in itself for me. I mean, <laughs> it Brandy is. Love, Grandy, spin through Willis. Dino Blue, it was really impressive, but it we've seen Epitant beaten in this race, having not accrued sufficient experience. So it's not like it's a a complete one-off, something like that happened. So, no, absolutely no bet at this stage, but I was keen to make a maybe optimistic case for a couple of the Brits. And I do think LA Bell's champion bumper form showed that she is a really good mare, but as Daryl saw into the mix, she may well miss it. If you're backing her, you'd have to back her number no bet. Well, we should just say as well that we have gone non-runner money back today at Betfair, haven't yeah. we? So, yeah. so the six-to-one that's on offer in the sportsbook is probably... Probably fair enough price, I, I would say. If she goes here, I think she, she's going to shorten when this market cuts up quite a bit. Um, you can see her definitely fighting out the top three in the market, can't you? And it being towards the and I'm always, If I'm punting something each way, I almost always want something that's going to be held on to a bit, So, mm, and which she absolutely. will be. Yeah. I don't yeah. want something that's going to be in the firing line throughout and getting corpse late on. So at least she's got a running style that suggests that she could pick up some pieces. And mm-hmm. I say Roxana at has shown that Skeleton can prepare one to win a festival race with the mayor. Yeah, definitely so. And and Daryl makes a really good point there as well, that with the terms and conditions now for the bets on offer at Betfair, so that is clearly a huge positive in itself. And then we've covered most of these horses, to be honest. But Daryl, I just want to chuck one horse back to you of Party Central, please, because we know that earlier on in the season, she was obviously beaten by Impervious. But since then, she has managed to get the two wins back to back. And she just seems to be on this sort of steep incline. Do you think that that incline of improvement can continue or are you sort of suspect? I'm a little bit suspect. I think she might go for a handicap as well. Uh, she won off 121 that day, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, she travelled into the race at Leopardstown really, really nicely. Just, I just wasn't overly impressed by the way she, she went to quick and clear and it just took that bit of time. Um, this is going to be much deeper than, than that handicap for sure. I know she's got a little bit of form of Grand G, so it's remarkable, really, how she got a mark of uh, 121 uh, if you're looking at uh, uh, bumper form. But I, I think she's going to be up against it, in, in all honesty. I do. I, I just think Brandy Love is out of the ordinary, in, in all honesty. And, and I wanted to keep a little bit of a, a lid on it. I didn't want to get too overexcited. Yeah. But I think yeah. she's I think she's, she's a very, very good horse. Um, yeah. Whereas Party Central could see us sitting around a mark of 130, 132, probably being competitive, but not not anything out of the ordinary. So I'm looking for out of the ordinary at the Cheltenham Festival, Kate, and that's going to be Brandy Love. <laughs> As I always go for the big things then, Daryl. That is exactly it. Go for go for the freaks, and we're going for Brandy Love then in the hope that she is a bit of a freak then for Daryl. And then Dan is having no better at this stage, but um, but just gonna inter- just gonna see how it plays out, I guess. I'm Dan, afraid yeah. that yeah, I'm afraid that might be yeah. a repeat. Nope. We can just Don't pull the drawstring on the back and just <laughs> <laughs> Do not be afraid of that whatsoever. We have no idea what's running anywhere, to be honest, still at this stage anyway. So we've got the entries. But that rounds off then our Mayor's Novices Hurdle discussion. So we're going to move 
then to the mayor's hurdle itself now so the open contest so we switch back to day one for this race as well on the tuesday but we have plenty of those who contested last year's mayor's novices hurdle taking in the open event here with the winner of the Mayor's Novices Hurdle heading the betting with Tell Me Something Girl at three to one from Concertista at seven to two, should she revert to hurdles. Royal Kahala is next at four to one. Stormy Island at five to one. Heaven Helper six to one. Burning Victory eights. Echoes in Rain eights. Last year's Potemps winner, Mrs. Milner eights. Martello Sky flying. A little Union Jack there, finally <laughs> at 10 to one. Molly Ollie's wishes, of course, as well at 10 to one as well for Team GB. And it's 12 to one bar. So, Dan. Starting with yourself this time, please. Can tell me something, girl. Do the novice and the open mare's hurdle double? Well, I definitely wouldn't say she couldn't because I, mean, I thought she was very impressive last season. And mm. it was, I'd probably number that among one of the weaker renewals of the race we'd seen, admittedly, last season. She probably didn't run to the same sort of exalted level that the likes of Limini had and Lorena previously. But... She was good, and there was there was sort of real confidence behind it. It was possibly just a crest of the wave thing for De Bromhead, but there was loads of cash for her. Maybe it was the third leg. I think it was wasn't she the third leg of Kevin's life changing um, treble yeah. that day, which also involved Mrs. Milner winning Milner, yeah. winning the attempt. She's tried a hand in open company this season. It's fair to say it didn't get off to a sparkling start, but that was better last time, wasn't it, Leopardstown mm -hmm. behind Royal Kahala. Um, They'll they'll reoppose, and I thought there was an element definitely that if she'd have got going a bit sooner or conditions were maybe slightly more testing, she would have given the winner a real fright, if not beaten, beaten um, uh, Royal Kahala. And there's the fact as well she was given a weight, so strictly even on the numbers she she emerged as the best horse at the weights in that race. So she seems an obvious starting point. Concertista's got the mare's entry, uh, mare's chase entry. And she's been campaigned as a chaser. So it seems odds against that she'll be going for this anyway. And you mentioned Martello Sky flying the flag for Britain. Such a likeable mare that she finds so much off the bridle. But mm. you just sense she might be biting off a bit more than she can chew. But I've just been searching Twitter in the lead up to this. thinking, well, Is there any news that I'm, I'm missing here? But I don't know why Mrs Milner hasn't been seen for three months. It could be that they've just had this race in mind and that's all they've been concerned about getting her ready for it. But mm. I think she's mega solid, really. I mean, it's proper handicap form. She's done it against the boys in open company. She's done it at Cheltenham, of course. That's another factor as well. And she's not slow either. I know she saw her out the three miles really well that day, but her main attribute for me is the way she travels. And yeah, Newbury in a race that she couldn't really win anyway. She was out of the depth that day, mm. I, I felt. I know the market didn't suggest it. Um, she's not really seen out three miles this season, has she? I found that quite strange of her, given how well she saw out of the attempts. I wonder if that's the reason why she's been absent, whether it's her breathing hasn't been 100% or, or whatever it may be. The fact she's had the absence mm. perhaps does imply that she maybe hasn't been firing all cylinders, but... If they get her back and she's in the Potemps form, I find it really hard yeah. to believe that three mares are good enough to to keep her out of the out of the placings. Yeah, I say around around an eight to one shot at the current time of recording, and basically I, the mares hurdle is sort of the only race where we've really got a, a a race a prep race now between now and the Cheltenham Festival, and that comes next. Well, Next Wednesday, is it the 23rd of November? Um, the uh, the grade three Quavega Mayor's Hurdle at Punchstown, two mile four contest there. 
And I think heaven help us is being cited there. And whether or not we haven't got the entries for it yet, whether or not Mrs. Milner will decide to rock up there, we might get to see her then in the meantime. But they say over this trip, then you don't have the concerns. And Daryl, you clearly don't have the concerns because of the way you feel that she hasn't been seeing out the three miles. Well, I felt that her improvement come over three miles. I thought it came for the trip. Mm. Um, but the way she's been running this term, she's just not been seeing it out. And it looks like she does want to come back. I tell you what, Dan makes a fantastic point because she was on my radar. And uh, if, she, if she returns from a, with a wind surgery or something like that, I, I can see her being a bit of a, a market springer in here. Um, interesting you mentioned the, the Corvega thing. Corvega mm. was the last eight-year-old to win this. So Stormy Island, heaven help us, eight-year-olds. Um, going to be up against it. The reason I want to mention them two straight off the bat is because the first place I wanted to go to, given how Tell Me Something Girl looks to be ridden, held up at the rear of the field, is the pace of the race. Ah, yes, well, and, definitely. And uh, heaven help us and uh, Stormy Island, two horses that have got one way of going about them, really. And uh, they're going to go hell for leather off the front end. And that's going to set it up for a for a, a Miss Milner, perhaps as a closer like that. Uh, and tell me something, girl will appreciate it as well. So it, I think Royal Kahala had the option of going to the stayers hurdle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think ground dependent, you know, will decide her chances. But tell me something, girl, I think she's got a fantastic chance. I thought she was really, really impressive last year. I love the way Henry de Prombe has campaigned her this year. They've they've came out off the bat and they've said, we're working back from this race. They've given her a, a seasonal return at Punchestown, where I thought was just a, a bit of a blase run, you know, to blow the cobwebs away and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then they've stepped, she stepped forward again at Leopardstown. I thought she did remarkably well to be beating one of the quarter lengths there. And uh, she's going to come on a ton for that. Last year, she prepped at the Dublin Racing Festival, but they've, she might have just come to hand that bit quicker this time around. They've missed that engagement. I think they're going to come straight here. She was really impressive. I mean, I'm not overreacting when I say it was Honeysuckle-esque the way she scooted yeah. up that hill last year. I thought it was, was cracking. But I just, just on the, on the value front, given this is an anti-post show, um, I thought Marie's Rock was a cracking better 12 and 12 to run. Um, Nikki Henderson keeps mentioning this race. Now, she has got the Coral Cup as a likely target also. Uh, Mark hasn't gone up off, off 140 from the weekend. But he keeps mentioning this race. And he keeps saying, we really fancied her for the Mayor's Novice when she was due to run in that particular race. She has got a potent turn of foot. And that is a rare weapon over this two and a half mile distance. And she really caught the eye in the Great Woods. So the track's going to be no issue. I think she's got a massive chance. I think 12 to 1 non-runner. Money back with Betfair is more than fair. Um, I, she's an improving horse who was spoken about in the same breath as a champion hurdle. So I think she's got every chance, especially when you look at this race and you could probably say, well, LA Bell's probably not going to run. Um, Royal Kahala could go somewhere else if Stormy Island and Heaven Helpers take each other on, cut their throats. Uh, this could really cut up um, quite significantly. So she was of interest. Queensbrook, the other one at around 12 to 1, third in the champion bumper behind um, uh, Fernie Hollow and appreciate it. She's taken a while to come to hand as well. She's only just getting fit now. She could have any amount of improvement to come. I thought this was a great betting race, but Marie's rocket 12 to one. I think it's, she'd be half that on the day. Yeah. That's... Uh, something else back to Daryl mentioned the Coral Cup as an option. I mm. suppose Mrs. Milner, there's no concern about her going for a pretense because she hasn't got qualified in yeah, time. No. They may have other handicaps in mind. So uh, I think a lot more will come to light March the 1st when when mm. we get the entries through for those handicaps. If she's not in it, 
if she's not in any of them, Mrs. Milner. Get on. <laughs> yeah, it, it's Load up. Clear that they're aiming her at this race. And if they do fancy tinkering yeah. with a wind or whatever they think the issue was, then all the better for it. Mm, like you say, it is fascinating that she hasn't qualified to go back and defend her tenth crown. And not, we haven't we haven't even got any left. We're definitely not an island. We haven't got any left, have we? So doubt there's any sort of qualifications um, that many left at all. But yeah, so that's going to be fascinating to see if she turns up there. Marie's Rock, I guess, Daryl, do you think the improvements come from her settling that bit better now? Because I, I, I want to take her on at the weekend and she readily put me to bed. Yeah, and, and do you know what? She she did it off a very slow pace as well. Um, but and, and the manner in which she came clear was quite impressive. I know she wasn't beating much. Like the handicapper has not raised her off a mark of 140. But I do think the horse she's beat is, a, is an improving uh, young horse who, who is well handicapped. Um, I think the improvement has come from the first from, from the tongue tie going on. I think the step up to two two mile five or two and a half miles has just allowed her to hurdle that little bit slower, um, just to settle that little bit more. I, you know, I'm not a massive fan of her head carriage and and things like that. She, that you know, but she's got some engine and she's got some turn of foot. Um, this could be her time, you know. That's it, Kate. Oh, sorry. I thought I thought that. I know, I know. I love a ramble, but Christ, I thought we'd lost sorry. the line. I thought I thought that uh, I thought you were going to come through with something hugely punchy there of like banker or something like that. You were teeing up completely for it. No, that's a really interesting take on on her chances though. And this and Dan, I just want to check another horse to you here about Echoes and Rain, who we haven't touched on yet. I mean, I thought she ran well enough in the Irish Champion Hurdle last time out, potentially to put herself in the picture here. But what are, what are your sort of takes on her? We talk about quirky mares. She's certainly one of them. But what are your takes on her? Well, yeah, I th- I've been a bit underwhelmed with her this season. I'm probably not alone in that. I mean, mm. a fair few people were talking her up as a potential Lorena type or Lorena in her pomp who might make a transition into being a lively champion hurdle candidate and that just hasn't materialised, has it? She, it's that it's that pace angle that makes you think she could be worth another chance, though, because she's just running these small field tactical races. She isn't settling. She did run a bit better, you're right, in the Irish champion. She never looked like winning, but it was definitely a step back in the right direction. And it'll be the first time this season, probably, at Cheltenham, where she runs in a race where there's going to be a contested pace, because... All things being equal, as Daryl says, that looks almost assured. Because yeah. he, as well as the two mentioned, Molly Ollie's wishes is in there. That tends to be the way she's ridden. So there's, there's a good few that are likely to force a pace. And um, for once, because it has been spoiled by that down the years, this race, they're not just going to dawdle around. And that may allow Echoes in Rain to, to really shine because settling or failing to settle has been something that's basically dogged her and has looked a negative throughout. But, I mean, the ability's there, and maybe Leopardstown suggested she's about to really start fulfilling that potential again. She did get her to a rate in a 154 with time form temporarily. She's settled back on 148 now, but she was she looked like she was heading towards that champion hurdle bracket when, when she was so good at Punchestown last season, and uh, at least she did run better. Counting, yeah, that's been, that's been mentioned as well. It could be a handicap option for her so as I say that March the first day is as crucial for this race as it is for some of the handicaps yeah no it really is to do watch out for that and do to play with caution but we said about the the terms that are at the minute but just to put all these names really into the mix to help you solve through them is what we're trying to do at present and also trying to warn you if they don't go to these races then so just to summarize on this race so Daryl we know that you are Probably at this stage, mostly keen on Marie's Rock, but there, there's a few interest in there. But hopefully, this race will then suit her for you. I got that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Perfect. And then Dan, at this stage, the way that you're mostly looking. I read it, I have a, a strong view again. I mean, I, I'm trying I to think they, down to. I think I think Mrs. Milner, if there's no yeah. handicap entries, is the mayor that I've been looking to back mm -hmm. next week. Yeah. And I, I would like to hear some positive noises from the stable. I'd like to yeah. hear some some reference that she is still in one piece because three months is quite the absence. Yeah, you say, considering she had the two runs in between that, that November run last year before coming and winning at the festival, would just completely beg that concern. So do watch out for if any entries or anything comes up about Mrs Milner then prior to the mayor's hurdle. So we will move on to our final race we're going to discuss now. This is a Mrs Paddy Power mayor's chase where we had the first edition of this race last season, which saw a brilliant finish between Paul Reavy and Ellie May. Personally, I think it's a very good addition to the programme um, for all that. Basically, I'm not really a fan of exp expanding the festival in general, but if a new race was going to be added, I'm glad it was one that further enhances the mayor's programme. But the betting for this race reads as follows. Concertista at 5-2, who've just been discussing. Mount Ida at 3-1. Ellie May at 7-2. Riviere de Tel at 4-1. The Glancing Queen, 7-1. Put the Kettle on 10s. Gin Online 10, Zambella 14s, and it's 16 to 1 bar for the remaining seven entries, making it a total of 15 mares entered for this race. So, Daryl, back to you, please, for the mares chase. How do you assess the race at this stage? What you do is you go into the Betfair Sportsbook, you put your money on Ellie May, then you put your feet up, you watch all of the, the horses come out of the race, like Riviera Tail goes to the yard, <laughs> and then you sit back uh, and watch it win. Okay. <laughs> um, Pungy. Pungy. <laughs> Well, I, I don't, I don't know how Constista's favourite for this. I don't think she's improved going over fences uh, on her hurdle form. Her form wouldn't suggest that. She hung on to beat Jeremy's Flame at Cork, and then, uh, granted, she did quite well to pick up Darren's Hope and beat that horse by four lengths. But none of the form has really worked out that well. She's recalled an RPRs of one hundred and forty-five. That's almost ten pounds below her hurdle form peak rating. Uh, Mount Ida, I think, is probably the best horse in the race to take Riviera to tell out because she is mm -hmm. almost certainly going to go for the Arkle. Um, I think she's the best horse in the race, but she jumps violently to her right. She's only been left-handed twice. That was both at Cheltenham. Now, she won, obviously, the, um, the Kim Ewell last year, was it? Yeah, madness. Yeah. Yeah. It was a remarkable performance, wasn't it? To, 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 to do what she did at the beginning of the race and go and win the Kim Ewell, but that was over three miles too. Now, they've what I mean by that is that they've gone a slower pace during the race to yeah. allow her to probably get away with that jumping out to the right and still make the ground up. Last year in this race, Ellie May, Cool Reevy, they went a, a lickety split, you know, 150 top speed figure. Um, she's not going to get away with that Mount Ida this year. She'll be left behind after three fences. So I, I, I couldn't be backing her at three to one, that's for sure. And Ellie May just looks absolutely rock solid to me at around seven to two. I I did have a slight question mark about her attitude, but I can put that to bed for seven to two in this field, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I think she can be forgiven for earlier on in the season with the twoing and forking, obviously, when Carlisle was off. And she is like, for all she's sort of a small, neat horse. She's a very stuffy horse. And the Marlins camp really was sort of saying that to me then last season, basically said, She's one that just needs her races and she improves throughout the a season. A bit of spring ground, I think she'll, yeah. she'll love. So, mm -hmm, exactly. 
Cracking and I think bet. she looks so, so solid considering how how strongly fancy she was for the race then last year. But no, Ellie makes super, super likeable type. Matt Ida, Dan, does she go here? I know she's been talked about. Sort of, she's been a bit of a secret talking horse for the Gold Cup. Does she mm. take up that engagement or? I find it hard to believe because mm. uh, as Daryl's saying, it's one thing getting away with it in a Kim Muir. I mean, it's a massive performance really to overcome mm. what she did. Yeah. And I know they dawdled, so it wasn't, it, it, I suppose you six or one half dozen the other they dawdled so there wasn't as much pressure on her jumping and they hadn't got away from her by the time she sorted herself out but at the same time she did have to pass basically every runner in a race where those at the front end shouldn't really have been that tired given mm. how the race developed but yeah I agree with Daryl and I was maybe actually slightly on the fence with this but I think Daryl's really distilled this into its key point that under these conditions around this track one horse is highly likely to run her race which is Ellie May she ran a race last year even though she was chinned at short odds by Cole Reavy I'm not sure Mount Ida will run to her very best figure there's only five between the Mount Ida beta giving away the other day but that was a test in 21 when Ellie May I didn't think was ridden in the most efficient manner unusually well I'll say unusually waited with her before but she was held up I thought they were better they'd have been better executing the tactics that that nearly worked at Cheltenham and just using that jumping. And I'm pretty sure Mullins will be wise to that when this race comes round. He'll realise that Mount Ida will potentially put herself on the back foot again by jumping to the right. Ellie May will keep straight. And as the last performance showed when they met each other, there's not much between them anyway. A handful of pounds at most. And I think Mount Ida is less likely to run to that rating under these conditions at this trip than Ellie May, who's already running this race and, and finished a good second. Yeah, so it's interesting the fact that Mount Ida at the minute is such a talking horse. And but basically the way that we're sort of talking about her is that she finds herself between a bit of a rock and a hard place for these two potential Cheltenham Festival runs in the Gold Cup. She, will she get away with any of her sort of frailties? And in this race, mm. will she get away with it because of the trip? Yeah, so if this was a three mile mare's chase, I'd, yeah. I'd be all over Mount Ida. Yeah, I think she'd, agree. she'd absolutely, not so much ability, but just pure stamina. I think she's a, yeah. a stronger stayer who. Not so much, uh, not even just a stronger stayer, but a horse who actually needs an emphasis on stamina to mm-hmm. to see off a mare like Ellie May. We know has got some gears. Yeah, definitely so. And then Daryl, just to go back to you about Concertista, I know you were talking about her basically about her sort of not improving over her fences. How have you rated her jumping technique so far? Because this is something that fascinated me on her Chase Sabia at Court, where I thought. I know that she she obviously is French, but she hasn't run over obstacles in France, but she almost jumped them quite French for me, quite low, a bit too low on the occasions. And she just didn't make the shape I really want to see. Better at Limerick, but for me, it's still a slight concern. Yeah, it it is. That's a very valid point, actually. Um, Almost jumps like a two-miler would jump, Mm, you know, um, speed each people two-miler. Um, yeah, no, I, I'd agree. She's a very talented horse. Don't get me wrong. She, she really is. I, I didn't like the move up to two, two miles six on heavy ground at Limerick. I, yeah. I, I didn't like that. Um, she needed every yard of that trip there as well. And I don't know. It's all just been a bit laboured, really, for mm. me, from, from her. Um, she did look like a superstar. Don't get me wrong. And she could, she could turn up here and she could absolutely hose up. But... I don't know. I've got my doubts about her. I think a lot of people think she's a good thing 
for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't agree. Uh, so, yeah. I, yeah. No, I'd say I think that that's fair and there are definite questions to answer. And then, Dan, just to go back to you about a horse that we haven't mentioned yet who I think deserves a mention, at least anyway, if you think she's going to win or not, but put the kettle on in here if she does go for this race. I mean, sort of stepping up in trip, do you think that it's that that will hopefully then help her again for a second tilted it? Or do you just think she hasn't fired this season? No, I don't think she has fired. And to be honest, I don't think either of the champion her a champion chase or a, a champion chase wins or Arkle win is particularly strong form. I don't yeah. particularly Worthless. thought the champion chase was part <laughs> of the race, wasn't it, last season? Yeah. To be honest, I think I think the trips should be in her favour. I know she's that was the first time she'd run over two and a half in a while and she just didn't perform. It wasn't the trip that beat her. The way she's won her races over two at Cheltenham strongly suggests that actually this sort of trip would be well within range. But I just think there's too much of a doubt over her at present. And in actual fact, if she went for this race, I'd be put off. For me, it's almost as a, an admittance on their part that, oh, we don't yeah. think she's as good as it was, so we're going for the mayor's race instead. Um, mention pacing the mayor's hurdle. Mm-hmm. I'd say Zambella would be a likely candidate to go f- to force the pace in this. Yeah. And I would give a mention tonight to Tristan Davis's other horse, uh, Vienna Court, who's proven herself really effective around Cheltenham. A form took off this season in those, in those well-run handicaps, dropped out the back, tanked along, jumped really well. Huntingdon was a complete write-off for me. She ended up in front way too far out. The race yeah. was a farce. And it was such a farce, actually, that Pink Legend ended up winning it. I thought she looked flattered and she's been stuffed since. So mm-hmm. I did think Vienna Court had potentially in a well-run race to pick up some pieces for a place, but she does lack maybe eight or ten pounds in terms of form as it stands with with Ellie May and, and certainly Mount Ida. Yeah, definitely. But at least that is some sort of favourable mentions for a few of the British Raiders anyway uh, in this race, because it is yet another one, funnily enough, dominated by the Irish. Daryl, last word to you or anything else for the Mayor's Chase? Uh, no, I, I, t- I do totally agree with what Dan just said about Vienna Court. Though I thought she was spectacular uh, on New Year's Day, um, yeah. winning that handicap, and, and that that's a that's a fair bit of form there. Uh, I thought has- of it then. I thought of it straight away. I thought she's got the the running style and the track to make. She might actually be a runner. She might be a rare British horse in that race. I'm sure it will become a rare British horse when they run one running of it. But she does <laughs> have the attributes, and she's got the course form. And she's I'd fear it. I'd fear her more than I would put the kettle on, put it that way. Yeah, I would. <laughs> maybe put the kettle on, should just do that this year and have <laughs> a rest. But no, apologies, Dan. To go back to your question, though, to actually wrap up today, because obviously it has significant relevance, um, was the question was, Mullins has won at the Mayor's Hurdle nine times since it started, but who won at the first running? Did you get it? It was White Oak. Another cracking question then, Dan. I didn't get it. I had no idea. Very good question. Nonetheless, well done to you if you did get that. So for real this time, that is everything then from us from this week's Cheltenham Broadcast, whatever episode it was. So a big <laughs> thank you to the guys once again for all of their hard work on this week's show. Thank you for joining us to look forward then to the Mayor's Races. Next week, it's the turn of the Cheltenham Festival Handicaps. So it will be a beastie one for sure. And as a reminder that Racing Only Better is out on Friday. Wade-in is on Monday. Please do remember to gamble responsibly and we will catch up with you again next week.